You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. If you've been defeated and defeated and defeated, there is victory over temptation. And even if you fall, there is forgiveness. Never, never believe the lie that failure is fatal or final. It's not. It's only fatal or final if you quit. If you don't quit, failure is not fatal and it's not final. We all face defeat. It doesn't matter the amount of wins that we have, losing to our flesh stings worse and worse every time. Today in his message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to buck the trend and live a life set apart from the pain of this world, give your heart to Jesus. There's nothing that you have to do except simply accept His free gift of grace. Leave your burdens at His feet and kiss your mistakes goodbye. Stop trying to fix everything on your own and let God do the heavy lifting. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, as he continues his message, The Anatomy of a Temptation. He strengthens our faith. That's what God does. But then you come to temptation. And starting in verse 13, James wants us to know real clearly temptation to sin never comes from God. He said, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God can never be tempted by evil. He is oblivious. He is immune, totally immune to evil. And he will not tempt you or I to sin, ever. He will never tempt us. He doesn't do that to us. He tests our faith, but he never tempts us to sin. So never let the devil tell you, well, God has put this in front of you. If it's wrong. No, 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 no. Because God can't do that, won't do that anymore than I would tell my son as a little boy to run off onto I-35 and stand there. He would never do it. Amen. Well, then what is the real source and cause of temptation? Where does it come from? When we're tempted and all of a sudden the emotion sweeps over us and a, a wrong impulse seems to grab us. And a thought comes into our mind to go do this, that, or the other we know is wrong. Where's that come from? Well, the Bible says Satan is the great tempter. Remember our text, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, not by God, but by the devil. And the tempter came to him and tempted him. The devil's stock and trade is temptation. That's what he does. You want to know what the devil does? He doesn't play fair. He cheats. He schemes. He plots. He exploits. He's out to bring us down. He, he tempts. He knows how to make evil look right. He, he's a master at sugarcoating sin. He paints sin to appear innocent, harmless, even reasonable. Do this. It makes sense. Do it. It makes sense, doesn't it? Eve, eat of, the, eat of the tree because God knows that if you do, you're going to become like him. It's reasonable, Eve. But the tempter's temptations never come to help us. 
They always come to destroy us. Jesus said, you want to know if the devil's involved? The thief, the devil comes only. Now, so that tells me he never approaches, but what it's to steal, to kill and destroy. He only, the devil comes only. The thief, the thief comes only. If it's not to steal, kill and destroy, he's not interested. He comes only to take you down, only to ruin your life, only to ruin your testimony, only to destroy. Only. Everybody say only. In the Greek, that means only. In his temptations, Satan never shows his hand. Have you ever noticed that? He never tells you the truth about it. He sugarcoats it. He's hiding his true intent and he's hiding the consequences. He never shows his hand, never reveals his game plan. He never exposes the end, the reaping day, the regret, the guilt, the condemnation, the shame. He never reveals it. The devil minimizes consequences and maximizes the pleasure of it. Do you know that in every temptation there's a promise? If there wasn't a promise in it, you'd never do it. Neither would I. But in every temptation, there's a promise. If you do this, I'll, you will have peace. Uh, you'll have joy. You'll have fun. You'll be fulfilled. It'll help you cope. It's hell's sales pitch. Hell always has a sales pitch. And it keeps on working with people. Go ahead. You deserve a break today. Go ahead and do that. God understands. Go ahead. It's going to help you. There's always a promise. But he's a liar. He always lies. How do you know he's lying if he's talking? That's how you know the devil's lying. Because he can't talk without lying. Oh yeah, he'll give a half truth, but never the whole truth. He'll lie. He'll tell you a lie about what he's trying to coax you to do. Think about this. All the way back in the garden, the devil says to Eve, hey, Eve, you're not going to die if you eat of that tree. No, 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 no. God just told you that because he's holding back from you. No, Eve, if you eat of the tree, you're going to be like God. You're going to have wisdom. Your mind is going to be expanded. He gave Eve a bunch of new age promises. And you, but, but, but then he ended it with, you want, you're not going to die. That's a lie. God lied to you. You're not going to die. But two chapters later, it says, Adam died. And all of his descendants, seven generations are listed in chapter five of Genesis. They died too. So Satan lied and Adam died. Satan lied and the whole human race died. That's why you got to see through the lie. You got to know how to handle temptation. Now, right alongside the devil, there's another source of temptation that I got to mention, and that's the flesh. Now, I know you don't deal with your flesh very often, but I'm going to go here just for a minute. <laughs> now, when I say flesh, I don't mean when you're thirsty or hungry. I don't mean that. That's not what I'm talking about. It's sarks is the Greek word. It means that pull towards sin, that pull towards sin, that pull downward towards sin. The flesh, 
that got you and me in all of our trouble, the flesh. That's what he's talking about. Each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. So Satan exploits our own fleshly desires and weaknesses. He exploits them. He, he plays the strings of our flesh. He works through our flesh. Hate to break it to you, but you've got two natures inside of you, and I'm not telling you you're schizophrenic either. But there's two natures. If you're born again, you've got two natures in you. You've got the born-again nature, and, and the flesh is still there. And the Bible says the flesh battles the spirit, and the spirit battles the flesh in you and me all the time. Jesus said the spirit is willing. Oh, yeah, but your flesh is so weak. The message paraphrase puts it this way. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. The devil didn't make you do it. Generational curse didn't make you do it. Uh, the way you were raised didn't make you do it. No, we got to own up. When we mess up, we need to fess up that it was my flesh. That's why the Bible says, the Bible says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Don't make provision. Don't, don't give it a chance to manifest. John even identifies three gateways the flesh uses. The lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What you hunger for, what you look at, and what appeals to your pride. Those are all strings the devil plucks to get into you and lure your flesh. We battle the flesh each and every day, don't we? How many of you have fought your flesh? I gotta tell you, raspberry donut, I look at that thing. It's glistening with glaze. I know that if I take one bite, it's full of raspberry jelly. Everything my flesh is going to rejoice over. I looked at it. I had to open up the top to get to it. And I said, Jeff, don't open up the top because if you open up the top, you're going to go for it. Amen. Yeah, and we kind of all kinds of justifications for our flesh. I read of a man who was on a diet and he was struggling with his diet. One day he had to go downtown as he started out. He remembered that his route would take him right by the donut shop. As he got closer, he thought, hey, maybe a cup of coffee would hit the spot. Maybe I should just pull in. Then he remembered his diet and he knew how weak he was. And that's when he prayed, Lord, if you want me to stop for a donut and coffee, let there be a parking place right in front of the shop. You ever prayed that way? He said, sure enough, I found a parking place right in front on my ninth time around. <laughs> oh, it's God. What does this say? God will never tempt you to sin. But now James describes, and I'm going to get right to this and, and close out today. James describes four levels or four stages of any temptation. Really, it's the anatomy of a temptation. And, and he begins with the bait. Here it is. In, this is James 1. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Enticed means the bait. Now, when I lived in East Texas, I became very good at bass fishing because 
everybody bass fished. There wasn't anything else to do. So you either played dominoes or you bass fished. And so I got a boat and I learned how to bass fish. Now here's what I learned. A good fisherman is a good deceiver. What you really want to do is become very good at deceiving fish. So you, I spent hours in Walmart picking out this lure, that lure, this rod, that rod, all kinds of things that would help me. And I learned, I learned to get on that lake and now the lure is on the top. I learned to go make it jerk and twist and look real. And what I'm hoping is, I hope that bass is stupid today. <laughs> because I just want him to hit it. If he'll just hit it, I got him. And my whole intent was to lure him into biting something that would take away his life. Oh, I had a plan for that bass. Yep, my live well and then my table. And so I learned how to play that bait in hopes the bass would hit it. And I learned how to do it. Satan's the same way. Every day, he will throw something your way. He'll, he'll cast it. And it comes before you and he, you go, it is good for me. That is something I should do. God will understand. I'm going for it. That's the bait stage. The bait stage. Temptation begins with the bait. He puts it right in front of you and he's a pro at it. He's a pro fisherman. It's worked for all these thousands of years and he still uses it today. He throws bait right in front of you and he knows exactly what will appeal to you. He knows exactly what will go for your brain, your flesh, your past. Where he got you in the past, he'll try to get you now. Now, the first stage, the temptation stage, I got to throw this in, is the best time to beat the temptation. Because you, you haven't bitten yet. You haven't gone for it yet. You're just looking at the bait. It's dangled in front of you. And, and the devil is saying, come on, try that drug. Try that alcohol. Try that illicit relationship. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. But see, until you bite it, you, you have your maximum strength. You, you have greater control. You have your wits about you still because now it's just bait. And to be tempted is not a sin. The bait is not a sin. It's the bite that is the sin. So the best time to win it is, is, the, is the bait stage, the first stage. That's when you win. That's when you get control of it. That's when, listen, Paul said, here's an example. He said, flee fornication. Flee it. Now, you know what that, in the, in the original language is powerful. That word literally means run as if in terror from that bait. Because you know what it will do. You know the consequences. You know where it'll end up. You know it, where it will leave you. And so he says, run from it. Run from it. Take the nearest exit door. Don't debate with it. Don't linger with it. Don't entertain it. Notice when Jesus was tempted, he didn't say, now, Satan, let's sit down and talk about this. What you're offering me. No, Jesus said it is written and he ended it. He ended it. He ended it in the bait stage. Everybody with me today? The bait stage. So get out while the getting is good. The Bible promises 
No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able, but will, with the temptation, give you an exit door. He'll give you an exit door. He'll give you an exit door so that you can escape and bear it. So the minute bait comes in front of you, you can know also there's an exit door God has already opened up. And you take it and you run from it. You flee from it. You close that computer. You turn off that TV. You leave the presence of that person. You walk, you run from that drug. Avoid the scene of temptation. You know that 80% of beating temptation is simply avoiding the scene of it? I'm talking to somebody today. I think I'm talking to everybody today. Y'all are quiet. You must be thinking. And take it then. Get out then. Take God's exit door then. Because the next stage is harder to get out of. He says, then after desire has conceived. That's the second stage. That's the hook. When desire conceives, it means you've gone with it. Matter of fact, conceive here is a, is a pregnancy word. It's a, it's a birthing word. It's literally telling us that if we accept this temptation and receive it and dwell on it and mull over it and agree with it, we become pregnant with it. And that's the same as the fish biting the hook. Because when he bites the hook, he's no longer his own. He can't go where he wants to go because you're pulling him. You know many people wake up and they're pulled by something? Pulled by something. They don't go where they want to go, do what they want to do, because they're being pulled by something. They bit a bait, and now that bait is pulling them drawing them, controlling them. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I think today I'll go ruin my life. Yeah, I think I'll just go ruin my life. And I'm going to try that drug. Or I'm going to get involved in that relationship. And, I, and I'm just going to, I think I'll just go ruin my life. Nobody thinks that. That's why you got to be smart with the bait. Because if you bite the bait, it's conceived. And, and so it's a temptation looking for an opportunity. Because you've already said, yep, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do it as soon as I have the opportunity. How many of you know the devil will sure give you the opportunity? Oh, yeah. And rest assured, if you don't repent of it at this point, it will be born. Because James says next, it'll give birth, birth, birth. The conception gives birth to sin. This is the stage of temptation where it becomes an action. You, want, you go ahead and follow, you, you follow through. The, the, the opportunity affords itself and you follow through. It becomes a reality. It's born. And the final fourth stage is the reaping. That's what the devil doesn't want to tell you about. Sin, when it's full grown, completed, fully carried out, gives birth to death. First the bait, then the hook, then the fall, then the consequences. That's the anatomy of a temptation. So again, I say to you today, and the Bible says to us today, the best time to, to beat it is at the very start. There's a proverb that says, my son, if sinners entice you, don't consent. Don't go with them. 
Better to be alone and right with God than to be surrounded by people living in sin. Come on, everybody. Now, let me give you some good news. The good news is God will help you in the hour of temptation. He's for you. He's pulling for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? He's on your side. He's empathizing. He's reaching out. He's pouring out his compassion. Amen. God will help you. He will, he's faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. He, he, he watches the very moment the devil casts that bait in front of you. He watches. He says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. But when you're tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So we learn, where's the exit door? There it is. If there's no door, I'm going to make a window. I'm getting out. Amen. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you. That's the second good news. The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. I want you to know the greatest winner of all time, the Lord Jesus Christ, champion of champions, Lord of lords, king of kings, defeater of Satan, risen from the dead, sent his spirit inside of you. And he is greater than the tempter who is in the world. And he will strengthen you. He will help you. He will lift you up, pick you up, make you able to do what you could never do on your own. And here's the really good news. If you do fall into sin, he will forgive you. He will forgive you. The devil will come to you and say, there you go, messing up again. Why don't you just give up on this Christian stuff and walk away and quit this silly fighting? The devil's a liar. He's a liar. He wants to exploit your weakness. Don't let him do it, but go straight to the cross, straight to the Christ, straight to the blood and say, Lord, forgive me. If we confess our sins to him, he can be depended on to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. So that's the good thing about temptation is, yes, there's victory over it. But even if you do fall, the Lord forgives. It says the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up again. He gets up again. I remember as a kid, I had one of those Bozo the Clowns and you'd hit him and he'd bounce right back up. You'd hit him, he'd bounce right back up. That's Christians. The devil hits them, they bounce right back up. They bounce right back up. Because you can't keep a Christian down because the resurrection and the life lives in them. I want to look at one last verse. Here's the promise of God. Let's look at it. I want you to read this with me. He who serves the Lord will stand. How? Why? For the Lord is able to make him stand. Amen. Greater is he that is in you. The Lord is able to make him stand. So I want you to know today, please, dear friend, hear me. If you've been defeated and defeated and defeated, there is victory over temptation. And even if you fall, there is forgiveness. Never, never believe the lie that failure is fatal or final. It's not. It's only fatal or final if you quit. If you don't quit, 
failure is not fatal and it's not final. Have you ever felt ashamed for your sin? Have you ever felt like you can't seem to break the awful cycle of either living in the light or living in the darkness? In today's message, Pastor Jeff showed you that there is in fact a way to always be in the light. It doesn't have to be an either-or scenario. Never cease in lifting up your prayers to God. The more you acknowledge your mistakes to Him, the further away from darkness you'll become. Change your life trajectory today. If you're interested in learning about Hardwired, Diane has some things to share. If you have any questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. While you're doing that, why not make a donation to our ministry? Anyone who donates $20 or more this month will receive a 2024 calendar for free. Now, I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's next. It's safe to say that we've all caved to sin at some point in our lives. Whether it's a pesky monkey on our back or a horrible one-time mistake, we've all experienced it. In his next message, Pastor Jeff reminds you that you're not alone in your despair. No matter what the mistake is or how many times you've done it, Jesus will be there to deliver you every time. You've already been forgiven by way of His sacrifice on the cross. Be washed white as snow. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from the book of Matthew, so be sure to join us again. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwired.